Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. It's me, Abraham Deweese, back once again with Brian, the Soul Man Solat. Today we're going to discuss some Seahawks, well actually, <laughs> Seahawks and slash NFL playoffs uh, uh, content today. And then we're going to also have some, uh, some questions from Rich Michelson uh, about uh, Sounders. And we're just going to... We're just going to open it up for anything and everything. Uh, and those guys should join pretty soon, right, Brian? I hope so. Okay. If not, uh, they're going to, people are going to get expert commentary on you and I <laughs> talking about, talking about sounders. Well, first actually it's, it's kind of amusing that, you know, after, after, uh, all, all the, um, all the introductions of trying to figure out where in the blue heck, <laughs> or I'll just say blue hell, where in the blue hell anybody is, look who just joined us, Richard A. Michelson. How's it going, Rich? It's good, fellas. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Not bad, not bad. Now, I, I uh, and we also have joining us uh, one Robert the Soul Cal Seahawk, uh, Robert <laughs> our English. NFL and guru. Our doing, NFL Rob? guy, yeah. Um, now, both, now, now this is the funny thing. Rob is several minutes late to this show. And then uh, Rich is several minutes, like a half an hour early to the show. <laughs> so we can, you can tell we got all our ducks in a row with, with our, with our fantastic guests. You know, Brian, I think we've been, we, we've been blessed to have professionals, you know, like gas man, Mike Gastineau and yes, we have. Phil Mann from <laughs> Seattle University. Now it looks like we're stuck with Richard A. Michelson and Rob English for today. <laughs> Hey, hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey guys, thanks thanks for joining. Uh first half of the show we're going to talk NFL. I know Rob, we got to let you go halfway through uh because you're actually in Chi-Town in the Windy I'm, City. I am in Chi-Town and it literally Okay, we're not on yet, right? Uh, we're yeah, on. We're, we're on. rolling, dude. We're on, yeah. The show started. Okay. Oh my goodness. All right. It is freezing cold. It is freezing cold it's like 10 degrees outside right now and there's literally no reason why any human being should subject themselves to this um i don't know how they do it it's 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 a whole nother it's a whole nother beast yeah and, rob, um i'm rob glad Eng that i'm leaving tomorrow morning rob englishes don't manage well in, in cold weather do they <laughs> no they do not they do not at all this is ridiculous <clears throat> hey guys uh we're just gonna talk a little bit of uh, nfl and then uh we got rich uh Feel free to join in, and we got you for the Sounders in the second half of this show. First thing I want to bring up is the old Dak Prescott controversy. That's right. Dak Prescott endorsed throwing things at, at uh, NFL officials who he claims uh, screwed them over at the end of the game. Brian, what, what, what's, your thoughts on the, what's your thoughts on old Dak? Uh, he's a douche, man. I mean, I, I can't believe he said that. I, I know he was frustrated how you know how the outcome of the game. He probably just said it because he just not, wasn't thinking, but not a very smart thing to say, man. And, and I want to hear Mr. English's r remarks about that. Uh oh, it sounds like uh, sounds like he thinks you're going to take the opposite angle on this, Rob. Well, you know, as much as I, as I like to, um, you know, go against you guys, no, I have to, I have to agree that it, it's it's very unbecoming of nothing else. You know, you don't, you don't, um, lower yourself to that level. I mean, we, I mean, it, it, for me, it goes back to, um, uh, what was it? the Indiana Pacers and, and Ron Artest when, when the fan threw something down on, on him as he, as he laid on the, <laughs> on the bench on the, on the court side there. And unfortunately in that situation, it was the wrong fan that he went and uh, beat up, but <laughs> it really does. It really does. You know, you, these guys, these are professional. These are grown men out there and throwing them, whether it's the players or the, or the refs, you have to just conduct yourself better. You gotta, you gotta have a little bit of decorum about yourself. And um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't condone that at all. Um, I never would. And I think Dak Prescott is um, a fool for, for suggesting otherwise. Rich Dak Prescott, uh, sent an apology saying that he got caught up in the moment. Do you accept his apology? No. What? You three <laughs> no. are so mean. The guy <laughs> no, apologized. No, no. So he this got, is, he's a competitive um, man. He got caught up in the moment. Sure. But here's that thing. If you are a professional athlete, you cannot get caught up in the moment. Um, 
you need to know your uh, your idioms. You need to know your uh, your deadlines. Well, you know, we're just taking it one game at a time. You know, the officials they they have a tough job. You, you got to know all of the the um, you know the the stuff that doesn't mean anything um, because this sort of thing does you no good. It does not help yourself, your team, your franchise, or your career. Even if there is truth behind it, even if the refs screwed you, like in the Super Bowl um, XL with uh, the Seahawks and the and, and, the, and the Steelers, like it, it doesn't help. You don't. Um, well, first of all, in general, it's not usually true. Um, usually, refs don't decide games. They they usually just get all the bad press, but. Um, more to the point, it doesn't, it doesn't do any good because it's not like any organization, any league has ever gone back and changed a game because the refs screwing. I mean, like you, you look at, uh, what was that, that, that NBA ref years ago got caught cheating for throwing games, right? He was betting on them and getting paid kickbacks and stuff. McGonaghy. Yeah. Yeah. Donahue. Yeah. And, and like the NBA, you know, obviously couldn't do really do anything, but I mean, they wouldn't have anyway, like a game is a game and you just suck it up and you be unhappy and say, I really don't like how that went. I wish we could have played better. There were some calls that didn't go our way and you leave it at that. I, I mean, even let's, let's, you, let's expand on that. I mean, no, you're right. I, I do agree with that, but I have a little more leeway with him. I think, you know, he recognized it. Here, he walked here, here's it back my and I'm one okay reason with it. why I don't accept the apology, Abe. Okay. He sinned. He c- committed a football sin, a sports sin, by having an interview when he was not in control of his emotions. When he was not ready for the interview, he allowed himself to be interviewed. Yeah, but you say that, and then on the flip side, he gets all, not he, athletes in general get all mm-hmm. the blame when they don't uh, talk to the press. And here, well, I mean, here the press are, you know, this is, this, this is the press. I mean, they go yeah. up to the players, they just lost a game. You know, they just lost, uh, you know, all their fans are upset. They're upset. Uh, everything went wrong and a mic is shoved in their snout mm-hmm. and we get all upset when they don't want to take accountability. Well, I mean the, the heat you take for saying, I'll talk to you guys at the press conference or not right now is minuscule because i think the fans understand it that hey you just lost a big game and you got a mic shoved in your face like you you take like i don't know 0.1 on the scale of of heat versus this thing is more like a six or a seven like it's so much bigger of deal because but it's texas this is an 11 you know uh brian you're you're a wazoo fan you're used to losing I oh mean, my god! Well, hang on, <laughs> hang on. Wow, you, where's how, this going? I, well, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> no, I mean uh, because Mike Leach, he was a little snippety with the press, wasn't he? In fact, hey. uh, can you share with the fans, uh, the audience, uh, the time that we were in a press interview with him? Oh gosh, what it it, it was after it was after a win, but we were in there waiting on him and. Um, Who's there's that one reporter Blanchett, who, Blanchett from John Blanchett from uh, yeah spokesman from the spokesman yeah he was t- he was telling us how Leach has it out for him and blah 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 and you, you guys just watch he's going to ignore everything every time I'm going to try to ask a question and what do you know Mike Leach comes in and starts ask you know who who's got what question but every time John Blanchett wanted to chat he, he like totally turned away or he made some smart ass comment during the press conference. Yeah, it's adversarial. It's adversarial, and uh, SoCal Seahawk. I mean, uh, I know often you take the side of the, the the players because the press is asking dumb stuff, and <laughs> um, you know, it, can't we let a can't we give a guy a second chance? Yeah, I mean, sure, you can. I mean, I'm not saying that we should condemn condemn anyone, you know, but. Um, you know, but he, but he was definitely wrong as all that I'm, you know, all I'm saying, I mean, right. again, I, I get it. He did the moment, you know, you, 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 you made the playoffs, you, you know, you lost to a team, um, that you were, that you were favored to beat all that good stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm understanding all of that, you know, but he was wrong as two left shoes. 
but you know what tomorrow's a new day by the time by the time august comes around you know we should we should be well forgotten about this so yeah. um but but you know just to just to call a spade a spade he was all the way wrong so we have seen you dance so two left shoes you are the expert um i want to move <laughs> i want to move to uh to fifty thousand dollars i want to talk about one bruce arians who, who's who's uh who, who wants to chime in and talk about bruce arians slapping around players and getting fined for fifty thousand dollars because this gets spicy especially as we saw uh, jimmy lake head coach of the huskies get fired for doing the exact same thing and didn't bruce say he would do it again too from what i read in the news well he said he would do it to uh, rich michelson i i support him on that i'll give him the, i'll give him the fifty thousand for that what what was the name of the what was the name of the uh the college basketball coach back in the day bobby knight um, bobby knight yes you know you know hey I, I honestly look <laughs> what's the worst that could happen by that old man slapping, uh, slap, slapping uh, a, a player on his helmet? I mean, <laughs> you know, it isn't like, I mean, I don't think he's going to, he's, he's causing a CTE by that. You know, I mean, I, I, I grew up, I played football when I was young and, 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 and my coaches, I mean, that's what you do. You slap them in the head. Like, like, you know, get, you slap in your head when you do good, you slap in your head when you do bad. I, it's this nowadays, everything is so, you know, they find reasons to make everything a bad thing, make everything so sensitive and, and, you know, everything is, it, it's, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I, it wasn't like he kicked him, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what's his name? So um, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it, but I knew when I saw that, that was going to like, that's going to be a problem for sure. That's going to be a problem, but I didn't, I didn't really have an issue with it. Soul man, good coaches acting badly. What do you think? It happens. I mean, he got fine for what he, you know what? Like Rob says, you can't do anything anymore nowadays. You got to be careful what you do. But he got punished, and it is what it is. I don't his. I don't think it was as bad as Jim. What Jimmy Lake did, the former coach of the Huskies. I mean, but if he does it again, I mean, obviously they need to do something about it. They shouldn't do it twice in a row. But Rich, is this the difference between Jimmy Lake at a losing culture and lost control of the clubhouse? <clears throat> versus Bruce Arians who just comes off a Super Bowl. Yeah, so. I mean it's it it, it it is, but it's also like Arians is yeah, I mean he's kind of made all the right moves in his NFL career. He's he's been a a pretty you know, good coach at Arizona and he's been obviously outstanding in Tampa Bay. Um and yeah, I'm not going to I won't say that I think that coaches should go around hitting players on the helmet. Obviously it's all context. Kind of like Rob said, you know, um, cause I mean, where, where's the line between a, a pat and a hit and a, and an actual strike. It's, it's so contextual, but you know, in, in general, you shouldn't like lay your hands on another human being kind of without their permission or within a context that's, a, that's appropriate. So, you know, but ultimately, yeah, it comes down to brass tacks. It comes down to Jimmy Lake did not get fired for hitting that player. Jimmy, that was, that was a pretext for Jimmy Lake getting fired. That was a, like a hinge point. And, and the administration at Washington said, Hmm, do we really want this guy? Let's take a deeper look. And within, you know, what, over the weekend, basically he was gone. Right. I mean, it was, it was pretty fast. So it's it, stuff like this is stupid. Don't do, don't do stuff like this um, because you, you might end up getting fired, not for this, but for all the other stuff that they might be unhappy with you about. So um, oh, one other thing on, on, on Dak Prescott, ultimately it doesn't matter what he did or said, as long as he wears the star on his helmet. Captain, because he wears the star captain of the helmet. Cowboys. Yeah. And, and the same thing with Arians, like, it doesn't matter what he does because he's a Super Bowl winning coach until he stops winning. And then, you know, then it matters. I, I, I feel like I look at it like this. I mean, again, this is football. These are gladiators. You know what's going to happen? What, what happens when a player goes down and makes a big play and scores a touchdown or, or makes an amazing catch or has an amazing run? What happens? Three or four of his players or even, or even his head coach or some of the coaches, they go, they punch him in his chest. 
<laughs> they, they literally they punch him in his chest, you know, and, and you and you might do the same thing when you make when you when you do a bonehead call, when you, and you get let your emotions get the best of you and you pull somebody's face mask and throw them to the ground or, or, or start a fight on the field. They do the same thing. They're going to punch you in the chest and say what the you know, what the you know, what is wrong with you. So, I mean, this is just football. This is this this is this is football. And, and there, there has to be um, I think there really is an exception for a certain level of just you know um uh you know um just just br you know brute brutalness you know what i mean and 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 it's only the it's only when the media gets a hold of it that they turn it into something else what what you guys think about what you guys think about the last play of that game the the one that some cowboy fans uh not all of them but some cowboy fans think that the referee was not in the right place at the right time I got to say the re I, I mean again it was said earlier you can't blame a game on a ref but what I saw which was similar to earlier in the game I think it was at the end of the first half was the ref wasting a second or a second and a half where where if he had been more I mean I I don't know how far did Dak Prescott run on that quarterback scene about 25 yards yeah and something like that and and I don't know. I I feel like the ref the 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 ref in that situation the referee should have been chasing right behind that play, ready to ready to because all he has to do is touch the football. He, they said that they all he has to do is touch the football, but he picked it up, moved it forward, then moved it backward, and I think even moved it moved it again. And, 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 you know, he took way too much time. And, um, and it was just, uh, I don't know. I, it, it seemed excessive the amount of time he took to do what he did for, to ultimately do nothing. Um, so I, I, I really did feel that the ref uh, screwed up there. That's the point. Any counterpoints? Ref did screw up. I totally agree with what Rob said. Uh, so you're both wrong. Wow. I don't, I don't know where you guys think a 55 year old man, uh, and Jorge Garcia is supposed to run a four, four, 40 to sprint down there and get that. And by the way, that dumbass center and Dak Prescott, they, they stood in the way of the referee who had to push them out of the way because they weren't bright enough to understand, Oh, maybe I should stand aside and let him do his damn job. So no, 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 no. Don't put this on some old guy. Um, you know, the 14 seconds and you run a QB draw, Bad, bad, bad by Kellen Moore. Bad, bad, bad by Dak Prescott. Bad, bad, bad by oh, that center. That was a great play. That was a great play. If, if I mean, is it because okay. they lost the game? Well, yeah, well, I mean, you can't you can't base everything off off of the off of the ultimate result because because if if they had that half second longer, that half a beat longer, it would have been it would have been a genius a genius spot. Oh. Let's not let's not let ourselves fall back into the conversation about you know, throwing the ball at the one yard line with our Seattle Seahawks, you know, cause if it would have worked, it would have been genius. And I think that was the, I mean, the, the no, the, no, no, no. This isn't even close because they still no, would have had to make the 25 yard there, pass for a touchdown. Only, there was only one play. There was only one play that the, that the four Niners defense wasn't guarding against. Yep. And that was the quarterback sneak. Yeah. There, that was the quarterback draw. And, and that's what they ran. It was perfect. Yeah. And if the ref had been there just a ha just just a step sooner, he would have been able to snap that ball and, and throw it on the ground and stop that clock with half a. Because you think a fifty-five-year-old chance that throw at the end zone from from 25, 30 yards away. Because you think a forty-five-year or fifty-five-year-old beer swilling referee is going to run the four forty in four four. <laughs> no, he does not need to have a four four forty to catch up to that. He and, needs to and, and you're def and you're defending Dak Prescott in the center for standing in the way when they darn well know the rules, or maybe they don't. Maybe they're not bright enough to understand that the ref has to touch the ball. <laughs> well, I'll just chime in here. Most most NFL heck, I mean, we, first of all, the NFL rules are a mess because they can't even decide what the crap a catch is with a clear and simple <laughs> set of rules. Okay, so like let's not let's not take the NFL off of the blame here. Number two. If the ref is screwing around and mess and, and wasting time, especially late in a game, the ref, like if one of the officials, I should say, the referee should blow his whistle, get people set and blow his whistle again to start the clock. He has that within his power. 
he can do that. Is I mean, you can take an official's timeout, right? He can stop the clock. Gamekeeper reset the clock to this. It doesn't have to take a long time. It's about execution, right? But also, yeah, like know the rules about restarting things. But here's the thing. Dak Prescott is an NFL quarterback, right? He should know we're running this play. What do I do when I get tackled, right? If this goes well, what is my next move? Where hand, does the team need hand to the ball be? to a ref? <laughs> well, well, right. Which he didn't do. Or maybe slide, or slide a few yards earlier. Because, I mean, what's the fundamental difference between a five-yard and a 10-yard pass into the end zone for a touchdown? In fact, a 10-yard pass is probably a little easier because you have a little more room to maneuver with. Anyway, that's my two cents. NFL, NFL quarterbacks don't know how to run a two-minute <laughs> offense, and it's sad. Well, it's, what, what, I, what I think is probably going to come from this I, I mean, if I, if I'm going to, you know, be the, the fortune teller, if I'm going to be, uh, you know, Miss Cleo right now, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that what we will see is a change in the rule possibly where, you know, cause you know how the rules are different when, when, uh, when, when the clock is under a certain, uh, a certain number in the fourth and second quarter. Whereas like, if you go out of bounds in early in, in the quarter, first, uh, first quarter, or early second mm. quarter, the clock doesn't stop. But once it gets to a certain point, the clock does stop when you go out of bounds. I'm I'm wondering if maybe they might make dumb a change. Rule. Yeah, they might they Such might change the rule. Just yeah, I you yeah, go out of I bounds, know. the clock stops. Easy peasy. It, like let's not. Dude, it should stop, but it yeah. doesn't, right? But I, I I'm wondering if maybe they make a change here now that after like two minutes, um, so similar to similar to college, if you uh, get a first down, maybe they stop the clock, or if the ref has to chase down a big play, the ref stops the clock. And just winds it on his whistle like that. That that I'm wondering if they might make a change like that yeah, no because need. of the results of this no game. no need. I mean, if a team can't manage the clock, why should the rules help them over their you know overcome their incompetency? It seems dumb. 1997 Rose Bowl, Wazoo oh, versus yeah. Michigan. What happens on the last play of the game? Wazoo didn't get any special. No, he didn't. Know, Come Ryan up and, and shit. Nope. clock ran out. You lost the game. Nobody, nope. no, nobody, nobody complained then. But you know, when it's the Cowboys, people complain. Well, anyway, yeah, let's move they, on. They, they, they make rule changes because of outcomes of games all the time. But, you know, the, mind you, the tuck rule. I mean, or even just look at like look at the the Seattle model defense. They they, they change the way they call um, penalties, uh, defensive penalties, based on the way that Seattle dominated offenses. I mean, it was literally Seattle's. Uh, Seattle's defense that changed the face of how they call um, defensive penalties um, when, when we went in there and just, and we're just, I mean, no one could throw the ball against us. Yeah. And we had Richard Sherman out, out there and, and Brandon Brown are just bodying people up on the outside and no one could get off the ball the right way and throwing the timing off of offenses. And they, they changed the rule because of that. But so Rob, I think we were, I think, I think we, were, we were killing television ratings. People turned off the Super Bowl against the Broncos halfway right. through. <laughs> they had to do something. We were, we were ruining, we we're ruining the narrative that the Broncos were supposed to win that whole thing. For sure. When Cam Chance, when Cam Chancellor came to hit the Mary Thomas going on that drag route across the middle, like, it was, it was like, okay, we got to do something about these guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, yeah. Is there a particular game you're looking forward to this, uh, this week, uh, this weekend that is? I'll go first. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas city. I think the winner of that's going to, uh, go into whoever Cincinnati or Tennessee next week, and they're going to win that and go to the Super Bowl. I think those two are the favorites, in my opinion. Right on. Um, I'm I, I I I am obligated to speak on the San Francisco 49ers because, of course, the you <laughs> that's know my, the, that's the wife, my question. Yep. <laughs> yeah the the wife the wife is a 49er fan, and, yep. and you know what? First first of all, let me just say this real quick. I don't want to digress for a moment. I want I want it to be known how upset I am about the outcome of the games. I, I put I put sixty bucks on a, on a six on a six play parlay right <laughs> oh, <laughs> on, on this weekend. I took. I'll try to get through this quick. I took um, I took uh, Tampa with the points and the over. I took uh, I took San Francisco straight up in the under, and I took Kansas City with the points. And the over, and I hit on every single thing except for Philadelphia couldn't get one more damn field goal. 
The, all I needed was two more points, and I would have won a thousand dollars. And I'm so upset about the whole thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I'm still mad. I'm still raw about the whole thing. And anyway, I digress. But um, yeah, my game is uh, is San Francisco. Um, I, you know, they they won. They upset uh, Dallas at home. They're feeling on top of the world. I'm sure of it. Um, uh, I, I would really like to see if Debo Samuel uh, doing what he has done, and he's been great all season long, just being this hybrid player that he is. Uh, you got to give him credit. Um, I want to see if he can go in there into Lambeau and in the frozen tundra in the middle of, uh, of January and find a way to help his team beat Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm really hoping they don't because, you know, I have no love. Matter of fact, I have much hate for the 49ers, but that's <laughs> going to be the game I'm watching. And I'm going to have to give the business to the wife, you know, when Aaron Rodgers beats up on her team. <laughs> Rich, you got a game of the week? Yeah, it's uh, for me, it's it's Bill's Chiefs. Um, I, I want to see which of these quarterbacks shows up. I want to see if the Bills um, have remembered how how talented they are if what they showed last week was uh, a mirage or if that's really the bills. And I want to see if the chiefs, um, you know, have their moxie back uh, from winning, winning a super bowl. What was it? Three years ago. And and then losing um, or two years ago, two I years guess. Ago, yeah. And then losing to the, um, the Patriots last year, are they going to be able to make it back? That's, that's the one that I'm, I'm most interested in. Um, also just because both coaches want to play football. Like, they're going to go and, and it being one of these tight, um, nonsensical, don't lose the football game games. Uh, both teams are going to try to win. And, and I love that about bo- both, uh, both coaches and teams. Great. All right, Rob, I know you got to run here in a second. Uh, do you have any last thoughts about uh, anything on the Seahawks, be it Ken Norton uh, or uh, any, any other uh, players on the team? Yeah, you know, um, I want to say two things. One, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, uh, Rashad Penny. I think uh, he finally showed up, and I really do hope that he gets one more chance. Give the guy one more chance. You know, I'm finally glad he showed up because I've been telling you guys for a long time, and they really, I I feel vindicated, you know, that, that he finally showed that he can run the football in this offense. Um, staying healthy for more than 15 minutes at a time. Um, you know, that, that, that I, I feel, I feel really good about that. Um, so I'm like, give the guy one more go. If he gets, if he gets hurt or whatever the case may be, anything less than uh, anything, if he plays, I mean, anything less than a, than a 17 games, healthy season, anything less than that, let him go. So I mean, because again, we know the best, the best ability is availability and he has not had that, uh, since he's been drafted. So that was um, your, that, that was your, I was right moment. Do, do you have, that a- was my. I, you have really I was wrong it. with the Ken Norton moment. Yes, <laughs> I do. So, so see, you see how I keep things on an even keel. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so also Ken Norton, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I really, really was, was pulling for the guy. Um, but it's, it's, it's just time to go. There's just, it's been too, too long a period of just overall ineptitude. Um, we've got to change something up. Um, you know, we, we, we've got, we've got a, a decent nucleus. I think we've got a we've got a defense that is, that is bend, but don't break, but we've got to find a way to, to really come around the bend or get over that hump and, and make more impact plays between the twenties. Um, and, and I, I hope that we can bring somebody in, um, that can help us out there, uh, without losing, you know, the part, I mean, we, I mean, we have one of the best scoring defenses in the league and I can, I hope that we can make some impact plays, um, in the middle of the field without losing that. So, uh, you know, I, I wish uh, Ken, Lord, Ken Norton luck wherever he goes, but it's time to move on from there. Right on. Where can, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Podbean. You can find me on uh, Spotify. Um, uh, short Yardage with SoCal Seahawk Robert English. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, SoCal. Have a nice flight back, and uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, you get some sun, some rays, because you got to keep your tan going, don't you? I, I, I gotta I gotta keep this golden brown this golden brown, <laughs> brown depending on what time of the year it is I gotta keep it look up so yeah I gotta get back to the sunshine. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rob. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> okay, it's time for some Seattle Super Sounders conversation. We got Rich A. Michelson who who's been begging to be on the show, but 
I'm sorry, Rich. We've just had far more important and famous people than you. Um, it's true. It's really, really true. <laughs> we have not had anybody more knowledgeable about soccer and Seattle Sounders uh, soccer than you. And you're here to tell us about various things. For example, the Albert, correct me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Rusnak signing? Rus, Rusnak. 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 Signing. Okay. Now, yeah. th- this, um, I know in the newspapers and online, mm-hmm. kind of went under the radar. But from people I know who know soccer, this is big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this Why is, is this a big, big signing. This, um, I mean, Albert Rusnak is not as good as Nicholas Ladero, but he is close to as good as Nicholas Ladero as far as talent and accomplishments. Um, he's, you know, he's been at Real Salt Lake at RSL for the last uh, four years, and he's performed well. Um, he's on his national team, uh, the Croatian team. And, um, he's, you know, again, he's a, he's a regular contributor there. Um, the Sounders are really fortunate this year. They don't have any conflicts with international dates. So our, our, our buddy, Matt page will be thrilled to death that we're not losing, um, you know, players to a bunch of different, um, tournaments and stuff during actual games in the season. So that's, uh, outstanding. Um, and the other the other great thing about the schedule this year is that, you know, we've got the World Cup in November, not a normal time for a World Cup. Usually it's in smack dab in the middle of the summer from June to, to July. Oh, wow. But because it's being played in Qatar, or as um, other people might say, Qatar, <clears throat> um, it's being played in November uh, into December because of the heat, because um, it's in the middle of the Middle East and it's super duper hot in the summer there. And so uh, for the temperatures to be tolerable, uh, it has to be played at this time of year. So because of that, a lot of the seasons, all of the professional seasons are being modified to adjust for that. And that means that major league soccer, uh, will finish up their season before, um, all the players would be released to go to presumably to the world cup. So that's really, really good news. Um, and, but Rusnak back to Rusnak, he is a big signing. He is a designated player. It means they're breaking the salary cap to sign him. He is going to be worth it. And here's, here's the reason why um, he can play anywhere in the attacking midfield. So he can uh, substitute for um, Nicholas Ladero, most importantly, in central midfield. He can also play on either wing position. So he can sub, he can um, spell for um, either uh, Leo Chu, who's our kind of young flashy winger, but hasn't really performed yet. Or Jordan Morris, who's coming back off of, his second uh, blown out ACL on the other knee this time. He Ouch. looked really, really good in limited action at the end of the, the year last year, but um, I can't imagine that Jordan Morris is going to have full fitness, full everything. He, he will need to be spelled from time to time. And so the fact that um, Albert can play anywhere along those ways um, is really great. He can also play in central midfield, kind of defensive midfield, Some if needed, dance. kind of in a pinch. Dance um, so that's he's he's very flexible. He's even um played as kind of like that second forward. Um, if you're playing a two forward setup, he's he's kind of been that support forward um behind a central striker before. So he's very flexible, he's a smart player. Um, he can shoot with either foot. D- does uh, this does this mean passer? That, does this mean there's concerns that Ladero's not coming back? No, Ladero is back. Uh, and uh, there was actually an article in the uh, in the Seattle Times, not the New York Times, in the Seattle Times that um, they're anticipating his, his his arrival back from Uruguay. He's been there rehabbing, taking some much needed rest and relaxation. He just never really got healthy all year, and basically he went home with orders to rest, not not go train, not go train on your own, not like do any of that nonsense. Like go home, spend time with your family physically rest your body. The only thing that makes basically tendonitis and other tendon injuries get better is just, re- is just rest. Gotcha. And, and so, um, uh, Brian, I know you got questions and I'll let you get them the next couple in. Yeah. I, I just want to ask one last, uh, or not one thing related to, uh, Rusnak and that's okay. So is your dream, what, what's your dream setup? It's, it's gotta be what Rui Diaz at striker. Yep. Is Morris the number two striker? 
No, uh, my my guess is would, that we. What go would your back, dream? What would your dream setup look like? Two, three, one. Okay. So we're going to have three attacking midfielders behind Rui Diaz at, at central striker. It, you we'll can have, uh, feel free to Morris explain. on the left. Rich, Ladero. Rich, feel yep. free to explain what a four-three-two. Oh, sure, is. sure. Yeah. So four-two-three-one is a just using numbers to, to, to define the 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 formation. So you start with a, a goalkeeper who's not in the numbering at the very back. You have four uh, defenders, so two central defenders, two fullbacks. And those are who? Um, In your so the central defenders are going to be Yamar and um, Ariaga. Um, and then uh, the fullback presumably will be Nuhu on the left and Alex Roldan on the right. Yep. Um, central def- uh, central midfield will be Roldan, uh, Christian Roldan, the senior Roldan, and um, his running mate, Jao Paulo. In the attacking midfield from left to right, uh, presumably will be Jordan Morris on the left, Nicholas Ladero in central midfield, Albert Rusnak on the right. And that's probably because Morris is, is a bit better on the left, cutting in on his dominant right foot. Um, though they could switch. They could switch back and forth. Uh, it's There's some flexibility there. It doesn't matter that much. Um, and then, um, you know, Rui Diaz up, up top is the, is the ideal thing. But... <clears throat> From early reporting from a variety of sources, it sounds like the Sounders are not going completely away from the formation they used last year, which was uh, significantly different, which was a three. So three in the back, three central defenders in the back, kind of spread out a bit more. Um, Five, five midfielders, though it wasn't really five pure midfielders. Um, You had two, what are known as wingbacks on the very outside. They're they either they come up when you're on the attack, they come up to the midfield and support the midfield. When you're on defense, they slide back even with um, the, def- the central defenders to, to support them. So uh, those guys on the outside have to run a ton, just a, just a, so many more, so much more field that they cover compared to everyone else. And then you have three central uh, midfielders who can sort of interchange a bit um, and then you had two um, two strikers up top with Will Bruin and uh, Rui Diaz last year. Will Bruin's coming off um, a knee injury. He was he was he was lost to a good part of the season. It's his second knee injury in as many seasons, um, and he just got re-signed. I think it was today or yesterday, so he'll be back again. But he's going to be in a backup role. Um, and of course, he's you know he's an old veteran now. I think he's like thirty one or thirty two. So he just doesn't have the mileage on his knees and his legs, and he's not he's not going to be fully fit. He only um, kind of got back up to speed in the last couple months of the season. So um, my guess is the Sounders will mostly play the four two three one. That seems to be Brian Schmetzer, head coach Brian Schmetzer's favorite formation. But I think they'll keep the three five two or its variation the three. Uh, or the five, four, one, they're very similar. If you draw them out, um, I think they'll keep those two uh, formations around as the, as kind of the two things they, that they do. So I want to ask you about Alex Rodon. He just signed a three-year deal with an option. Is this yep. a good, good move or a bad move? Tell me and tell me why. I think it's an outstanding move. And here's why Alex rolled on at the start of the 20, um, the 2020 season. Um, so that's the season uh, before last when the Sounders uh, lost in Major League uh, in, in MLS Cup. Um, so at the beginning of the 2020 season, Alex Roldan was an afterthought and also ran a, a piece of trash on the heap of we might sign and we might keep him around. He got an invite to camp, not not like a contract, not even like a, a you know, a a minor league contract, like nothing. Like he, as he, in, had, a, he had a famous brother. To to camp. He had a famous brother. It, well, he did, and he had been drafted, and he had been okay for a, a couple seasons, but he hadn't shown through. He hadn't broken through into the central midfield, and they said basically, come to camp and try right back. Um, and he'd never played right back, like in any competitive sense. So it was a brand new position for him, and he won the kind of the backup right back. And like seventh string central midfield slot, um, if there is even such a thing. But by the end of the season, uh, in part because our starting right back, Leardham, got hurt. But he won that job. He started Major League, you know, MLS Cup. He, he started the final. 
and was pretty good in that um, in that match. He got hung out to dry by the the right midfielder a couple of times, leading to goals. Because um, you know one guy can't cover two guys' defensive positions. But um, and then last year he was an all star, and um, you know like on they don't really do a second team best eleven, but um, on a whole bunch of you know, sports writers do real formations with real like full formations. He was a second or a third team, all MLS uh, last year on basically on everyone's things. Here's why I love the move. He's still relatively young, but he's experienced, right? He's kind of in that middle, middle time, but he went from being basically a below minor league level player to being an all-star in the course of two seasons he obviously is, is a hard worker. He's smart. And I'll tell you what, he puts in a beautiful cross um, from, that, from that fullback position. And in the way that Sounders want to play, the way Schmetzer wants to play, he needs the fullbacks to be able to do that from time to time. But here's the other thing is he does not get burned on defense. He is a defender first and then gets into the attack. He doesn't just go on gallivanting runs and leave, you know, the people behind him out to dry. So he's a really smart player. And then the chemistry he has with his famous older brother, right. Mm -hmm. Is, is evident. Like those two running up the sideline, attacking the defense, it's just not fair because they've been playing soccer since they're little kids. And I like it. Here's the other thing I like. He is a good possibility, like let's say 40%. That he could get transferred to Mexico and play down there. Um, I don't think his chances of going to Europe are, are, are high at all, but going to Mexico, getting a transfer out there, and you know, the Sounders ending up with some money from that is, is a distinct possibility. And if even if that doesn't work out, like having just a solid starter that didn't cost you a ton of money, you didn't have to fork over, you know, too much or any other resources like draft picks and stuff, that's great. So <clears throat> okay, I, I want to ask one more right, question. Hang on, hang on Brian. Uh, of course, Alex Roldown being from where? Well, um, the, no, the this running a, joke this is a trivia. from Rainier Beach. Oh, I was going to ask. Oh, it's for Brian. Okay, oh. fine, Rich, you can go. You can say. No, he's not from Rainier Beach. He's from uh, like uh, Valencia <laughs> or someplace down in Southern California. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he, he's from Seattle U. Oh, yeah. That's what he I was trying to, to get at. Yeah. And, of course, the Sounders uh, – seem to want to draft. They just got another guy, Hal Uteritz out of uh, Seattle. U. But yeah, but yeah, nice. thanks for ruining the trivia question for Brian. Oh, sorry <laughs> I knew you sorry about that. I knew My you bad. would know. That's okay. I, I, I forgive you. Um, but, but the, the, the running joke is that the rolled on brothers um, are from Rainier beach and went to, to Rainier beach high school. That's like the running joke. Okay. Cause um, okay. whenever Christian rolled on or, or Alex get asked um, by people that don't know, any better they're like oh where are you guys from they're like rainier beach oh really okay that's my last question before you i know you've got more too but who's this I, I was reading about this guy dylan teves is that how you pronounce his name i think it's tevez, tevez. Wait, can you tell yeah. me about him they rave about him he's like a great college player or something Did yeah they... so was he just drafted brian yeah yes okay uh well sort of um he would have been drafted number one um if he was in the draft but he uh, came through the sounders academy and so the sounders had the major league soccer rights to him uh through the homegrown program so basically they invested in him in the academy now they get him for free basically okay well not like for free for free but like they don't have to expend any resources he doesn't count against the salary cap they have to pay him whatever salary they negotiate but it's not a um it's not on, it's not on the books. Basically it's not on the salary cap. So um, he's a developmental project. He's, he's not going to come in and start, I don't think, but he'll probably see some minutes kind of like the, uh, the, all the trio last year of all the 17 year olds. We have all the 17 year old guys. Yeah. He's, <laughs> but he's remember now he's a, he's a grown man at this point. He's a, he was yeah. a senior at, um, at Washington and um, he was the number seven ranked player nationally number one in the pack 12. Um, and, um, so he's got, yeah, he's I mean, got more of a, he's going to have a faster track. He, he should have a faster track. Um, he'll probably still see most of his game, uh, game time down in Tacoma. Okay. 
But um, Tacoma has had a really good track record. Remember all these 17 year old kids, that's where they're getting their, their experience and their professional minutes. That's why they came in, you know, a bunch this last year when the Sounders just had tons of injuries, tons of guys are away on international duty suspensions, etc. cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we lost Nicholas Ladero for almost <laughs> the entire season. We lost, um, you know, Rui Diaz for a good chunk of it as well. And then, you know, missed some of Jao Paulo and the Sounders still got a 60 point season. And if they hadn't just completely collapsed down the, down the stretch, they would have, you know, they would have won the West. So, um, you know, and, and a lot of that is due to the getting quality minutes um, from their, from the, their youngsters. So this, this is a good track record. And here's the other thing I love about Dylan Tevez. Uh, apparently he's, he's showing up really, really well in training so far. Okay. But if he's a flop, it didn't cost us anything. We didn't lose a draft pick. We didn't have to pay um, some of, you know, Major League Soccer has weird salary cap rules, and there's this stuff called allocation money, which is basically some more money that lets you break the salary cap. Like, we didn't have to give another team allocation money to get him. We didn't have to trade a player. We didn't have to pay a big transfer fee um, and and bust up our salary cap. Like, he is a low-risk, high-return type player, and you get enough of those guys Usually a few of them hit and the, the, the cost is so low to you that like, like, why not? Right. I mean, yeah. I'll give an example. Our starting um, one of our starters knew who, right. Mm-hmm. Fan favorite stalwart on defense. He was the same kind of thing. He was a low risk, high ceiling guy that we signed to um, the Tacoma defiance. He came up, stormed, got onto, got onto the team um, and was the starter on an MLS cup run. I mean, like, you know, you just don't really know ultimately who's going to pan out and who isn't. But the more of these low risk, high reward bets you make, the the better off you are. So I think that that's, a, again, another outstanding move by the Sounders. Plus, it shows people, hey, there's a path to do this. Even if you go to college, we still got your back. And um, the Sounders are all about not burning bridges, really. I mean, so, uh, organizationally. So okay. Brian's, Brian's got a bunch of questions for you. Uh, let's do this with the limited time we have left. Let's do like rapid fire, you know, like no more okay. than no more than a couple sentences response to each sure. to each of them. Uh, okay. Uh, opening Take- opening day is February twenty seventh against Nashville. Do we have a chance? Uh yes, we absolutely have a chance. I mean, uh Sounders finished second. Nashville was good last year, but I mean it's uh, I mean, yeah, you absolutely have a chance. Okay, well we see you up here. Are you gonna be in the press box for that game? Probably not in the press box for that game. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe uh, an April trip when things warmed up a touch more. Okay, fair enough. Um, what are your early twenty two? What's your early projection for twenty twenty two? Are we going to make the MLS Cup? I mean, it's such a it's such a hard thing to predict, especially the the playoffs. But right now, if you are picking a favorite, one favorite to win the Western Conference. It's, it has to be Seattle because they were so good last year, even with all the injuries. Everyone's coming back more or less healthy. Uh, we have a full roster this time around, uh, and uh, we signed Rusnak. We added to our team instead of subtracting. So, yeah. Okay. Um, with the World Cup in November, does the season end in October then, or when does the season end? Yeah, the season ends in uh, October. The playoffs are all throughout November. And then I think okay. three days later, the, the players can go to, to training camp for the World Cup. So, Okay. Freddie Montero, is he back? Not officially, but there are reports that he is um, that he's being uh, pursued, and it looks like he will be re-signed. At least that's the, um, the presumption at this point, though it's not official. So... Um, reports indicate yes. Okay. Uh, 27 players, what I read are signed or will be going to camp. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't seem to leave much room for the roster. I mean, do you see them signing any, are there any other big names out there? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of big names, but remember this, this team is not about signing big names. They're, this team does not sign Beckham's. This team signs Rui Diaz's and Lodero's and makes them into big names because of how good they are. It's just that there's, you know, there's so much talent elsewhere that no one's ever heard of 
and they come here on our stage and become superstars in our league. Okay. Uh, my last question you were talking about earlier about Ruznak being a designated player contract. What, what kind of a contract is that? You said they can pay whatever the hell they want from, but how much do they pay or do you have a rough idea? Yeah, he's, he's getting somewhere right around like 1.25 to 1.5 million a year. Why that's significant is he's right on the cusp of where they can buy down his contract using again, that, that allocation money I mentioned where you can break the, break the rules. Why that's significant is then the Sounders can, if they want to, maybe squeeze another designated player into the roster midseason. Garth Lauderway, the, the, the general manager, does not like tying his own hands. And so he probably has enough you know, dry powder, as it were, to make a big move, maybe, if there's something that's worth it. Right. He's also really conservative. He doesn't sign these types of players without uh, really doing his research. Okay. Abraham, do you have any quick questions? Uh, no, you had all the quick questions. Mine, uh, are, okay. mine are all long and intrusive. Like, for example, <laughs> what in the blue hell happened at the end of the playoffs? Like, it just looked like we ran out of gas. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what it boiled down to is that, um, uh, Another player we brought back, Kellen Rowe, is kind of a love-hate relationship with some of the fan base. There's a very vocal minority that don't want him to play, think he's complete garbage. And the fact of the matter is he's the exact opposite of garbage. He is a major league soccer average player at four positions. Wow. Which four? Okay, so I mean, like, he is the utility player. Swiss Army um, Knife. Okay. You know, he's the Mark McLemore of ah, the Sounders, you know, from that okay. great 2001, um, you know, yeah, Macklemore can play short. You don't really want him to play short, but he's better than the minor leaguer you might bring up to, to, to sub for the starting shortstop. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but having a guy like him is extremely valuable. Here's the thing. Rowe played 34 games last year. He should have played like 22. That's really where he should have been like penciled <laughs> in. Um, Atencio, Leva, Dobler all played double digit games. Um, I think uh, Atencio and, and Leva both played like over 20 games. Both of those guys, all those guys should have played like around 10, not over 10, right? <clears throat> so they, the Sounders were hit by just an incredible number of injuries all at once, all at the same position. And so at the end of the season, you just you just ran out of gas. One other thing, like Alex Rodon, while he was excellent early, mm-hmm. he, he kind of faded. And one of the reasons is he had literally never played as many minutes in any season ever, college, professional, anything, as he did last year. And um, Roldan, one other thing is he he went and played for uh, the Guatem- uh no, Honduras. He went and played for Honduras on their national team and actually captained them for a couple of games in, in their world cup qualifying bids. So like he's playing national team duty on top of, um, you know, on top of, uh, of Sounders duty. And um, I mean, th- those miles just add up over time. Like you just don't, aren't quite it good enough. And I mean, if you look at that game against Real Salt Lake in the first round, yeah, it was a zero, zero draw. We lost in penalty kicks, but we, they didn't, the other team didn't even get a shot off. We had something like 25 shots in that game. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I know that that just having shots doesn't necessarily win you a game, but it, it wasn't just the shots. It was that the quality of the shots were really good, except they could, just couldn't get past the goalkeeper, right? Like, it was just, we were in good positions. We were doing all the right things. And he, unfortunately, nobody likes this, right? But it's it's like baseball. Sometimes there's just luck in baseball. And in soccer, it's the same thing. Sometimes there's just luck, and the okay. problem with soccer is that goals are so important and one goal sometimes is just lucky. Okay. Who's backing up Fry and goal this year? Stefan Cleveland, who played a like about half the season last year, is back. He got re-signed. Okay. Um, he so he's you know very experienced at this point, and hopefully he'll be able to spell fry here and there, um, just to give Fry a little bit of rest. Fry, I think, is 34 okay. or 35 at this point. And he's just not as young as he used to be. Now, goalkeepers can keep going to like, like 45. 
Okay. So um, you probably don't want to have that happen. Uh, have that as your starting goalkeeper. Just ask the uh, the, the uh, English what happens mm-hmm. in big tournaments when you have a goalkeeper that old. Um, so anyway. Oh yeah, especially oh, losing the... penalties to 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 Germany. But yeah, by the way, that's what you. <laughs> that's what happens. Ah, uh, it wasn't his fault. I know you and the you and the Brits, Rich. You, you want to blame it on the old guy, not blame it on all the other players who didn't do. Hey, you know, I, I'm about the same age as that goalkeeper in that tournament, and by like 9:30, I'm I'm starting to get ready for bed, not not ready for the second half of a of a, a continental tournament. So, <laughs> well, hey, I mean, it was the same way with the Sounders uh, when we lost. When we lost, I mean, it's like we played a team that just didn't want to didn't want to play. They just yeah, yeah. Would you, would you call it park the bus? They just they uh, parked the bus. Here's one thing, just a quick side on this. This is not a nor- this is not an unusual problem. It's not like the Sounders are incompetent at soccer because they can't break down a team that doesn't want to play soccer and is only defending. Okay, the best teams in the world: Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Man U, Man City, etc. They all have problems breaking down a team that's disciplined in a defensive block and is not playing soccer. Okay. So it's, it's not an unusual problem. Um, It's just that, you know, Pep Guardiola at Man City has like a $500 million payroll to, to fix the problem. And the Sounders do not. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like when UW, UW played um, Michigan earlier this year and Michigan just refused to pass the ball. And so did Montana the week before. And it's, and it's like, you know, we have NFL level cornerbacks, but it does no good if the other team is just going to play three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If they're just going to make five yards on every run, run play, it's, you just have to sit there and let them wear down. Let them run the ball down your throat. Yeah. It's super fun. (laughs) Well, let them, hopefully you stop them at some point, you know, or, okay. Maybe a better example is the 91, Super Bowl with the Bills and the, you know, Bills and the Giants. It's yeah. it's undebatable that the Bills were had the more talent. You know, if you took one mm. through fifty two on the club, they just yeah. had more talent across the board. But the Giants just wouldn't let them have the ball. And it's, yeah, yeah. And it's like okay, we're gonna play. What was the final score? Twenty to eight or 20, it was 2019. 2019, 2019, yeah. 2019. That's right. It's like we're not gonna get into a shootout with you, and because uh, nobody could win that year against the Bills. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of our show for tonight. Uh, as per usual, we'll do our little shout outs at the end of the show. And I'll start off with one Brian, the soul man. Solak. I'm going to give a shout out to our guest next Wednesday night. The Graz will be joining us. Uh, we are all looking forward to meeting him. And I know he's really excited about joining us. So I give a shout out to him. He, he, I mean, the guy's in for a battle for his life right now. Parkinson's disease is but he's still willing to commit to join schmucks like us on a podcast. So thank you, Graz. We're looking forward to meeting you. And I'm going to give a shout out to Dak Prescott because nobody else will on this show. <laughs> I do appreciate that. He apologized. And I do feel their sincerity because the guy's been, the guy's been pretty model for most of his career. And I don't think one little, one little goof up deserves him being crucified, especially by schmucks like us. Rich, over to you. Um, I'm going to give a shout out um, to uh, Garth Lagerway for bringing back the band, getting the gang all back together. And um, I, I think it's absolutely the right move. Lots of times um, it's not, but I, in this particular case, I think it really is. Excellent. When you say get the band back together specifically. I mean, just he, he's re-signed a lot of the key pieces yeah. to the Sounders. Uh, Rui Diaz, Jao Paulo, um, Stefan Fry, um Ladero, of course, is signed through, and then he brings in Rusnak. So, I mean, like, bringing all the key contributors back, uh, Alex rolled on. So, um, you know, uh, oftentimes in sports, uh, trying to hold on one more year to, the, to your core is a bad idea. Mm. Uh, but in this particular case, I think it's a good idea, and he's got enough young blood in the team to kind of fill in if, if the veterans aren't quite as good as they were last year. Right on. Well, thank you everybody for joining us on behalf of Ryan, or I'm sorry, Ryan, <laughs> Brian, the soul man, soul act, uh, Richard A. Mike, I tried to say both your names at the same time. That's the problem. Uh, Richard A. Mike and the Ram and the, the uh, soul cow Seahawk, Rob English. Uh, 
we thank you for joining us this week on the Seattle Sports Union. And check out all our great content on seattlesportsunion.com. As well, like us on Facebook. And check out our tweets at Seattle Sports U. And, of course, all our podcasts here on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. We'll see you guys next time. Later. Later.